Okay, well, Merry Christmas, everyone, from my wife and I. It's been 30 years we've been able to do that in this place, or this congregation, not always in this place. Uh, so that's a privilege. That's the majority of my uh, adult life or my adult career. Uh, I've been able to be share Jesus and the life of, um, story of Jesus coming to earth uh, in this congregation. So that's a special gift to, to Deb and I. So thanks for allowing us to be part of you folks for so long. We're in a series called Travel Light, and uh, this really had an impact on me. In fact, my wife gets frustrated with me using that term uh, so much. Uh, it's just really helped me to understand and, uh, that this life is uh, not, you know, we're just passing through. It's, it's not our home. Uh, we're talking about letting go of things, letting go of material things, emotional things, mental clutter, and today we're going to, it's kind of a catch-all, letting, letting go of control in uh, all those areas. So there was a reminder about this life is not our, this is not our home, we're just passing through. And when you go on vacation, you don't take everything with you, and you enjoy it while you're there, and then you, you come back. Well, same with us. We should enjoy life while we're here, realizing that our real home is, is yet out there in the future. <clears throat> Now, participation time. Can't see folks at home. Glad you're watching. How many of you have some area of your life that you love to control? Raise your hand. Now, if your hand's not up, you're lying, all right? All of us have areas of our life we'd like to control. We try and control. We love to control. Some of you want to put your spouse's hand up, right? Um, and they probably want to put yours up. Uh, my wife's not in here now, so uh, I'm safe. But anyway, uh, we all, this is just part of, I guess, human nature. We have this desire to want to control. We want things to be the way we want them to be. We want people to act the way we want them to act, etc. So, <clears throat> this is an area that touches all our lives. So, we're going to look at the birth narrative of Jesus, <clears throat> Luke's account, actually the preparation of his birth account, and kind of see how Mary had to deal with and Joseph deal with the control issues in their life and maybe it help us with our life. So this is in Luke. Now Luke uh, obviously wasn't there. Most scholars believe that he actually talked to Mary and got this information and recorded it for us. He had to get it from somewhere. <clears throat> so reading from verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, pregnancy. That was a relative of Mary. We don't know exactly how, cousin, aunt, something. She's pregnant. We're going to find out surprisingly so. So Elizabeth is going to have John the Baptist, most people know, as her, her son, uh, is already six months pregnant when something amazing happens. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Okay, angels are messengers from God. God sent uh, one angel we know his name is Gabriel to Nazareth. He got a, a task, an assignment, a message to deliver. A village in Galilee, that's up north uh, by the top of the Sea of Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. So this is a lady that's still a virgin, probably a young teenager, maybe 13, 14 years old. But at this point, she was already engaged. She was engaged to be married to a man 
named Joseph. And he was a descendant of King David, which was significant uh, prophetically uh, about Jesus. Now, I like to take some liberties. I like to imagine, well, how did, how did this couple meet? And those of you who are married, how did you meet? All right. So, little town, probably knew each other, probably growing up. We don't know. Joseph's probably older. <clears throat> and uh, probably both went to the synagogue together. I got to thinking, well, maybe Joseph was her youth leader. Um, reason I think about that is, well, I won't tell you how long ago, but I had started attending, I finished seminary, I'll, I'll tell you, I finished seminary in December of 75. My pastor in Myersville Baptist Church suggested I go and help a little church called Eccles Mill. So in January of 86, I showed up at Eccles Mill Baptist Church to help out. I'm a seminary graduate at this point, looking for some, use my, what I've learned. Anyway, small church, and they could use a lot of help, and so it wasn't long before I was the youth leader. Actually, at that point, one of the members of the youth group was Debbie Jenkins, who is now Debbie Youngbar. So, our story is that I became my future wife's youth leader, so maybe Joseph was her youth leader. We don't know. Anyway, somehow they got engaged. Families would be involved, and um, at this point, they're engaged. And we don't know if he got down on one knee and, you know, offered her a ring. That's our culture, probably not their culture. But they got engaged, and they were looking forward to getting married. <clears throat> now, I don't know, most of you probably know there's a couple in our church that just got engaged recently, and uh, Jared and Claudia. And I believe the first time they met was in church. Is that correct? All right. Now, Claudia, you didn't come looking here looking for a husband, did you? Uh, I didn't go to Eccles Mill looking for a wife. So we are out about trying to do God's work, doing what God gifted us to do and whatever, and God graced us, has blessed us with us finding our, our spouse there. So this is a situation back 2,000 years ago. So story goes on, text goes on. <clears throat> uh, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greeting, howdy, hello, favored woman or graced woman, the Lord is with you. All right? Wonderful greeting, right? Somebody said to you, greeting, favored woman, man, the Lord is with you. You would be honored by that, I'm sure. But her response is, of course, I don't know, angels never spoken to me. Has any, maybe, maybe you? <laughs> I don't know how we would respond to an angel. Uh, confused and disturbed is what Scripture says about Mary. She tried to think what the angel could mean. Why am I favored? Why is the Lord with me? Uh, one translation says, she, she, uh, beautiful inside and out. I like that. Uh, beautiful inside and out. But she's confused. What, what's going on? What, and it, almost always in Scripture when an angel shows up, the response is not just confused and disturbed, but fear. So the angels almost always say what? Don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm not here to scare you. You don't need to be afraid. So the text goes on. Don't be afraid, Mary, um, because you're talking to an angel or because of what I've just told you. For you, again, found favor with God. You're, you are graced by God. Now, 
Here's the message. You will conceive and give birth to a son. Now, she's engaged. This is not a big surprise. Um, we'll get married. Uh, maybe we'll wait a while, uh, you know, get our first house. Uh, Joseph's a carpenter. And he'll probably build the house for us, and then, you know, we'll start having a family. Hopefully, we'll have a son first. That was the Jewish goal. And, of course, his name would be what? First son would be called what? Joseph. All right? Jewish families, first son was always named after their father. I'm actually named after my father. But anyway, um, so big, no big surprise here. And you will name him, now there's the surprise, not Joseph, but Jesus. Now you're going to name him Jesus because he'll be very great and he'll be called the son of the most high. Now, this is a surprise, right? I'm not just going to have any son. I'm going to have this son called named Jesus, and he's going to be great. Now, that might be cool. Angel came to me and said, hey, my son's going to be, your son's going to be president or, you know, a, a Nobel Prize winner or, or whatever. Whatever do you consider famous? Or, you know, nowadays, you know, uh, so many millions of followers on Facebook or whatever it might be. But surprise, surprise, Mary. Big surprise, right? Text goes on. <clears throat> Mary asked the angel questions, so they're having this conversation. How can this happen? So evidently, he conveyed this was going to happen before she got married, because she asked the question. I'm a virgin. Virgins don't get, don't have children. <clears throat> and he answers the question best as he could. I don't know if she understood, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So God's going to impregnate you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God, the literal Son of God. So if you think that's, you know, too hard for God, <laughs> let me tell you what's going on right now. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, the text already started with, has become pregnant in her old age. So, that's a miracle, right? Old people don't have babies. Elizabeth's going to have a baby. Um, that's a miracle. So, God can control births, miracles of birth. So, Elizabeth's going to be a miracle of birth. You're going to have a miracle of birth. <clears throat> people say, used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son in a sixth month. And then a verse that most of us are familiar with, for nothing is impossible with God. <clears throat> One translation says, the impossible is not impossible for God. I like that way of thinking about it. Because we think things are impossible. Well, part of the definition of God is that nothing is impossible. Now, so Mary could have had multiple responses to this angel. Uh, she could have said, well, that's really inconvenient. You know, that's going to really be difficult uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to, you know, walk down the aisle pregnant. Uh, um, we have plans. Uh, this is kind of messing up with our plans. It's just really inconvenient. She could have said that. And I got to thinking about often God's invitations to us are in, uh, inconvenient or interruptions. I thought about when I was a teenager, I was planning to be an engineer or an architect and God said, no, 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 tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to be a, a preacher of the gospel. That was inconvenient. I didn't think I was 
could do that. I didn't, wasn't gifted for that now 50 years later. But anyway, um, we were pastoring for years, and then all of a sudden God tapped us on the, on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to go to the mission field. Now, most of you probably, I might have shared this with you. When I told God back when I was 17 that, okay, I, I'll, I'll try this preacher thing out, I said, as long as you let me stay in Maryland. That, you never tell God, put conditions on God, tell him what you want. And so initially, you know, I was pastoring in Maryland, but as most of you know, we wound up not in another state, but in another country. Inconvenient, an interruption. And you could probably have those in your own life. But Mary's response is not that way. Mary's remarkable response is, and that's one of the reasons God chose her, I'm sure, I am the Lord's servant, okay? He's the boss, I'm the servant. I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. Virgin birth, whatever it might be. May everything you, the, the angel in this case, have said, which meant God's message, about me come true. And then the angel left. <clears throat> Most of us want to control things. Uh, at this point, some of us are thinking, this, somebody needs to hear this. I hope he or she is listening, or I'm going to ask somebody else to watch this. But it's not a, their issue, it's our issue. One thing we like to control is people's image of us. And this goes kind of this social media stuff. And if you're on Facebook, and, it, and people don't show sad pictures on Facebook. Oh, my dog just died and put it on Facebook. No, we just got a new puppy and everybody's happy and then it's on Facebook, right? Uh, Christmas part, uh, base, uh, birthday parties or whatever. Oh, we just got a new pet or whatever it might be. Uh, these are the things. We want to control people's image of us. But folks, it takes faith to believe and to and to feel the way that Mary did. So here's kind of my bottom line to today's message. I'll put it on the screen. <clears throat> you don't always, I might say, rarely maybe, have the power to control anything. But you and I do have a power. You and I always have the power to surrender to God's will, just like Mary did. Now, back to that reaction to the angel. It said, confused and disturbed. Isn't that kind of a description of life? <laughs> kind of in general? Uh, maybe you wanted to have kids and you never could have kids. Uh, maybe you wanted to have two kids and you wound up with three or four kids. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, maybe you didn't want them so close together. Maybe you wanted boys and you got girls. Maybe you want girls and you got boys. Maybe it's a, more of a work thing. I've been reading statistics. So many people have changed jobs this year. Now, it's not just because they didn't like their job. It's because there's so many opportunities to better, I guess, get better jobs. Um, <clears throat> but maybe you thought this was a better job, and now you've got this job, and you, it, it's not what you thought it was. Or maybe since you were last hired, you're the first to let go when things don't turn out like you want. Um, maybe it's, you know, you got married, and... You expect to live happily ever after. And let me tell you, folks, anybody, <laughs> marriage isn't all happily ever after. 
It's great. I love being married. I have a great, fantastic wife, but it's not all a bed of roses. Um, and one thing that's difficult at holiday season is what I call empty chair. And we're going to have an empty chair, as most of you know, at our house this Christmas. Our future son-in-law died in September, 32 years old. Conf- we're confused and we're disturbed. Um, but I do want to share um, the Christmas, about a Christmas gift, that the first Christmas that Bud was with us, he gave my wife. And this was a cost him probably a dollar for this tube of glue, right? But it's what he wrote on it, it's so significant. He calls it mappy glue. That's what my wife referred to in the family. Heals, cuts, bruises, and some of life's biggest disappointments. That's pretty nice glue, right? Pretty powerful. Established in 1958, now you know my wife is. <laughs> Ingredients, pure love, laughter, and some blonde hair dye at the time. <laughs> Best used for getting your daughter through a teen pregnancy, which is who he was engaged to, our daughter Andrea. Family through cancer, broken leg, banging fries. My wife makes these french fries that Betty loves, and Bud would eat it more than you can imagine. Holding it all together. So we'll have an empty chair this Christmas, and maybe you will too. Maybe it's your financial situation that's got you confused and disturbed. So Mary had a choice, just like you and I have choices. So I put it on, your screen, on the screen. Mary had a choice between her plans and God's plan, her purpose, her dreams. And her, she, like all people, have dreams. God's reality. Her desire for control. The things will turn out like you want. And God's calling. Now, we sometimes think, well, Mary is Mary and, you know, she, she was happy and things were going to be great. Well, not so much, right? Did she know the future when she said this? No idea of the future. She didn't know. For example, did she know like eight and a half months later she was going to have to travel 100 miles because of the census we're going to have to be taking? Uh, by foot or donkey, we don't know. You ladies have been pregnant would know how difficult that would be more than I would. <clears throat> and then the baby would be born, not around family, not about home, but uh, away from home and not even in, a, in a, what we would call a decent place, but in a stable or a cave. Not long after that to find out no less than the king wants to kill your son. Well, that's real pleasant, right? And so, as a consequence, you take off and travel another couple hundred miles away from home for years. We don't know exactly how long. Fast forward another 33 years. She had no way of knowing that one day her son would be arrested. Not only arrested, tortured. Before he was arrested, he was in the garden and he said to God pretty much the same thing Mary said. He said, I don't want to die, but your will, God, not mine, be done. Same Greek word that Mary used. Your will, God, not mine. 
And so she watches him suffer and die on that cross. Not her plans, God's plans. Smooth ride, anything but. I put on your outline this. I don't know what, where your life is right now, but you don't have to understand the plan. In fact, we often don't understand the plan, but we can trust God has a purpose. Did God have a purpose for Jesus? Absolutely. I put it on your outline this way. God had a purpose, and you are that purpose. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. He thought of us when he was on that cross 2,000 years ago. I'm going to provide the opportunity for all of you to be forgiven and have a, a, a personal relationship with God that goes off on for eternity. I talked earlier about surrender. Um, there's different ways of surrender. We have something that's called history people. Unconditional surrender. This was what happened after World War II. Japanese and the Ger Germans unconditionally surrendered to, to the Allies. What's that mean? It means we're helpless. We can't stop you. You can do anything you want to us at this point. Unconditional surrender. Well, how do you and I surrender to God? Well, at salvation, it's unconditional surrender. That's the condition. But it's required is trust. Do we trust Him? And there's a verse that talks about this. Jesus said it this way. If you cling to your life, try and hold on to it, try and control it, guess what? <laughs> You'll lose it. But if you give it up, Unconditional surrender to me, God, you will find it. You will find true meaning, true life, true eternal life. So on your outline, I put this. To follow Jesus, we say this every Sunday, right? Following Jesus, changing the other. To follow Jesus is to surrender control. It requires surrender. Now, here's, so here's the question. Why do we try and control. Why do we do that? Well, the desire to control is rooted in the lack of faith. Well, God, you, you can't control this, so I have to do it. God, you can't fix this. God, you can't make this turn out like I want. I had thinking about meeting my wife. You know, I went to the University of Maryland. It was probably 25,000 students, probably half of those women. So I had a potential 10,000 Spouses, maybe? Um, didn't find one there. Went to seminary. It was a lot smaller pool, but didn't find her there. I went to a church with probably less than 25, maybe 25 people. And nobody my age, my wife's not my age, she's younger than me. Uh, nobody my age. And I didn't kind of control that. It comes a lack of faith. Another way to say it's this way. When you and I overestimate, that's what we do, our ability to control. Because how much control do you really have? In fact, control is mostly an illusion. You and I have very little control, even over ourselves. How often do you do stuff you don't want to do? So we don't have much control. 
But when we overestimate what we do have, we're underestimating the power of God. So again, you and I don't always have the power to control. Often don't have. Anybody that's a parent knows this, right? Parents. But you always, I always have the power to surrender. Not my will, God, but yours. Now, <clears throat> the problem with surrender is this. You know, those of us who are Jesus followers, if you're not, we hope you're watching, hopefully you'll come one, become one today. <clears throat> but that point of salvation was unconditional surrender, and that was it. We don't have to worry about it the rest of our lives. What do we do? We unsurrender, or I don't know if that's our word or not. We try and take back control, don't we? Say, okay, God, well, this part of my life you can have, but this part over here I'm going to take control of. I'm going to decide what's best. I'm going I'm to run this part of my life. Of course, how well does that usually turn out? <laughs> Any part that you're outside of God's will, not very, <clears throat> very well. So this is something you and I have to do daily. Let me just say daily. Okay, today, God, your will, not mine, be done. The situation comes up. Your will, not mine, be done. So here's the bottom line question. What is it? What is it that you're trying to control that God wants you to surrender? What is it? Is it an interpersonal relationship? Trying to control your spouse? Boy, that doesn't work very well. <laughs> Married people does it. Parents, you have some control of those little, little guys when they're little. But once they become bigger, control is gone, isn't it? That's why we pray that there will be Jesus followers and Jesus will have control when they grow up, don't we? Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a health situation. Just heard about someone that's cancer's returned <clears throat> out of their control. Let me end with this. God can do far, far more with your and my surrender than we can do with our <laughs> limited control. And I know, one of the pushbacks is, 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 can you imagine Mary watching Jesus on that cross saying, God, this isn't fair. He's the best man that's ever lived. He didn't deserve to die. Certainly not suffer while he was dying. And how often do you and I think, well, this is not fair. Bud dying at 32. That, God, that's not fair. Aaron dying at 33. God, that's not fair. Jesus dying on a cross was anything but fair. One frustration for any of us that teach and is... Guess what? I have no control over you, what you do with what I say. I don't. I pray the Holy Spirit will use it, but I have no control over it. So I pray, Holy Spirit, would use this message 
and speak to your heart. So here's the assignment. Give you something to do this week. I know it's a busy week with Christmas. <laughs> but surrender one thing each day this week that requires faith in God for the outcome. <clears throat> now, my wife and I, we were discussing putting us on the outline, and I said, well, maybe it'd be better if it's, there's one thing that we surrender over and over this week. So you decide. Something different every day or something that maybe that primary thing in your life. Got to surrender this today. Got to surrender it tomorrow. I got to surrender it the next day. And God will use that, I truly believe. So let me pray with you. <clears throat> ah, control. God, we so much want to control things. We want things to be the way we want. But our understanding and our vision is so limited. And so often we'd be better off if, they, if we didn't have. In that limited control, we do make mistakes. We decide things that we shouldn't. <clears throat> and God, it's a lack of trust. We understand that, lack of faith. That, that what you want, what you control, is far better than anything that we try and control. And anytime we get outside of that, bad stuff happens. So God, I pray. I pray for each of us, they're Jesus followers, that that unconditional surrender will be a daily thing. And that's the only way to really travel light, to let it go. Whether it's the physical stuff around us, whether it's the mental clutter we might have, the emotional clutter we might have, whatever it might be. So that's my Christmas prayer for all of us. And we pray for anyone that's not a Jesus follower, that they would take that step and do that, commit unconditionally to Jesus. I'm yours. Uh, I'm a sinner. I need your, your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. God, I want to be in relationship with you, not just now, but for eternity. That can be your prayer today. Scripture calls it being born again. It's like getting a fresh start. Instead of trying to do life by yourself, now you have the God of the universe in control of your life. So, Father God, we pray for folks that may have made that decision or this other decision or some other decision. However you lead, God, let your will be done in our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.